Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the Today Counts show sponsored by the Lead Today community. I'm your host, Jim Piper. I just want to invite you to be part of the Lead Today community if you are not already. And the easiest way to do that is you go to our website, which is leadtodaycommunity.com. And on the top, you'll see a tab that says Leadership Kit. If you will click on that and then fill out the information, you will be automatically included into our Monday Moments email, where you'll get a short message from myself. You'll get an update on the latest podcast that we have recorded, as well as other things and activities going on in the Lead Today community. Today, it's just going to be you and me. And what I would like to do is I would like to uh, read a scripture out of the New Testament, uh, Romans chapter 12, uh, loosely speaking, verses 1 and 2. I say loosely because I want to read out of a paraphrase version, which is called the message. It says this, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you, take your everyday life, your ordinary life, your sleeping, eating going to work and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking about it. Instead, fix your attention on God. If you do, you'll be changed from the inside out. I really like how that flows in everyday language. Now, if I were reading out of a translation, such as, let's just say, the New King James Version, um, there's a couple of key words that it uses that this paraphrase does not. Uh, One of them is bodies. It says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice uh, to God, a living sacrifice. Uh, Not that weird thing of, you know, throwing yourself on top of a volcano, you know, for God's sake, but a, a living, useful, practical offering to God. And then the other one uh, talks about the mind. It says the, the way that we change is by, is by the renewing of your mind. And when, we, when the Bible uses the term mind, it is a theological synonym for the word soul. And so I want to talk to you about the soul. I would like to talk to you about personal growth um, and change and and kind of share with you, you know, where I'm at uh, in, in my journey of uh, 62 years and, um, you know, over 30, uh, gosh, probably getting close to 40 years now involved in ministry of one kind or another. But when when we talk about the, the soul, here's something that I, I just want to remind you, I want you to think about, that, that God has given every human being a soul, a mind. So I'm not talking about the brain, I'm talking about the, the, the mind. I guess we'll get into that a little bit. But let, let me start with this premise. Uh, you and I, we, we have the ability to lead our lives. Think about that. God has given us the ability, the choice to lead a life, to lead it, to lead our life. And and we can do it in a positive and helpful and an effective way, 
or we can just not pay any attention to it and let whatever happens happens, you know, with, with the establishment of good habits or bad habits or bad decisions or good decisions. And we could throw our life away or we can choose to lead it in a positive way. And, and we, we generally call that, I don't know who we is. I, I think society generally calls it self-leadership or, or leading self. And those are good terms, I think, because let me just ask you this. If, if I don't lead my life, if you don't lead it, who else will do it? You know, no one will do it. They'll control it, maybe. Um, they'll contain it, but they're not going to lead our lives. We're the only ones who can lead it. So if we do have any kind of foundation or core of faith, and we, we believe in this thing called God and, and that the Spirit of God moves in our life, um, who chooses to follow that? Who chooses to lean in towards our Creator? We do, right? It, it's, it's our job. It, it's not just our job. It is our ability. We, we have the ability to do this and the responsibility, both of those things, the ability and the responsibility. Now, one thing that I have noticed in my own life and in the lives of others is that people who grow, I, I think, are best, dis- people who grow, change, transform, they're best described as learners, you know, lifelong learners, lifelong learners. Learners grow, they, they change. And as I just said, I think you could even say they transform. Uh, if you're willing to consider this, and then I have a suggestion. Let's let's spend a little bit of time talking about this mind, this human soul, and, and maybe a little bit about um, how it works. So let's start with two truths I'd like to share. First, the soul is not as mysterious as you might think. It's mysterious in the sense that we we can't see it, but we actually can. It's mysterious in the sense that some call it intangible, but it's actually tangible. Let, let me explain. Your soul is not your ghost. It's, it's not a ghost. It's not your ghost. Your soul is you. It's the real you. It's a very real part of your existence. It is your existence. Um, you can see how we can even trip over these ideas and words. I don't know that you can separate you from your soul. You, you can't. Um, your soul is your command control center. Uh, the more you understand it and how it actually functions, the more you will be able to successfully navigate life, uh, to grow, and uh, to be a leader uh, when you have the opportunity, where you have the opportunity uh, to lead. And, and we all have more opportunities than we probably think. So that, that's the first thing. The second thing, uh, which is similar to it, but y- your soul is where your decisions are made. So don't you want to know how that happens, right? We, we do. So while there is a close relationship between body and soul, remember the text I just said, you know, wake up every morning and kind of present your body as a living sacrifice. Well, when, in that context, the Bible's saying your whole person, your, 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 your whole thing, anything that you consider you, 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 you bring that before God, you thank him for the day, and you make yourself available right, to, to make a difference uh, in this world, to figure out what God is doing and, and join him in that, what he's doing at the office, and join because he's always working and he's working everywhere, and what he's doing at home, what he's doing in your marriage, what he's doing in, in your life, right? So while there is a close relationship between body and soul, let's think about this. I believe that the body was made 
to carry out the desires of the soul. Let me unfold this a little bit more. The body expresses the soul. The body radiates the nature of the soul. The body is kind of like a uniform. The Bible sometimes calls it a tent or a house for you, right? It's your tent. It's your house. It's your uniform. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's your skin, right? It, it's, it's your visual. It, it's a visual presentation of who you are. Now, I'm not talking about your nose or your ears or the color of your hair or how tall or short you are. Um, I'm talking about what your body tends to do, what it says, how it reacts to things, the way it moves. Um, It is a mirror of your soul. Now, I don't want it to sound like your body is not important because that would be inaccurate. Your body is very, very important. Uh, it's it's where your inner person lives. And the better you care for your body, the, the more your soul will have the opportunity to thrive and express itself. Uh, and the funny thing is, caring for your body, though, is a soul decision. And I'll get into that in just a minute. Your Your body and soul, then, I think we can safely say is interdependent. To be fully functioning, let's just say, to be fully functioning, it is interdependent. It It, it needs one another. Um, your, your body interacts with your soul as well as to the outside world. It, it interacts between the two. Your body responds to outward stimuli um, through its senses, right? We, we learned about that as kids. You, you remember uh, the five senses, uh, you know, smell, taste, sight, hearing, and touch, right? The five, five senses. So our body relates to the outside world that way. And it receives information from the outside. And I certainly think that that information finds its way into the soul, don't you? That only makes sense. But, but the point of this podcast today is for us to, to realize and to embrace that your soul is then really your secret weapon. So if you have a secret weapon, wouldn't you want to know how it works and learn how to direct it and use it in a in a productive and effective way? I think so. Let's break it down this way. Um, your, your soul is made up of emotions. It's made up of intellect, and it's made up of will or willpower, right? So emotions, intellect, and will. These three parts, I don't really like the word parts. Uh, let's say these elements, these functions of your soul, the, these three work together every single day, um, more than we realize it. But, you know, part of growing is to make the unconscious conscious. It's to really begin to think about thinking. It's to think about feeling, to think about decision-making. That's what growing people do. That's what learners do. Now, these three things, emotions, intellect, and will, your soul, uh, they help you navigate the world you live in. Uh, the one your body knows very well. Uh, they work together to shape your inner person. Your emotions, your intellect, and your will work together to shape who you are. So it's your soul, the emotions, the intellect, and the will that guides your life. It is the one behind the wheel steering you around at work, home, in your relationships, in problem solving, you know, really everything. And this is the work of your soul. Uh, so let's break down these three elements uh, to better understand how they do work interdependently 
interdependently, I should say, with, with one another. So let's take on emotions. Um, and obviously, this won't be an exhaustive discussion. It, it will not be. But it will begin maybe to get you thinking um, about your soul and the, the incredible creation that you are. And you want to take advantage of all the blessings that God has given you through what we're about to talk about. So when we talk about your emotions, your emotions play an important role in your daily life. They, your emotions send out signals, don't they? Raging from protest and warnings and anger, uh, stranger danger, uh, you know, watch out, be careful, uh, you know, don't like that, don't like the way this feels, right? All the way to the other side of joy and happiness and, and laughter and, and even euphoria, and then everything in between. And the thing about your emotions is, is your emotions are pretty smart, really. Um, uh, they get it right a lot of the times. You know, you get that feeling, right? You get that feeling. But you also know that you've had those feelings and they were dead wrong. But you also had feelings that were right, you know, in the bullseye. So um, that's where we should then introduce the second character, the, sev- the second element of your soul, which is your intellect. So what your intellect, the way to describe your intellect, it is extremely logical, extremely rational. I'm not saying that the emotions lack logic. I'm not saying that or intelligence, because that would be untrue. But we could say it this way. Your intellect is a PhD in the rational side of who you are. And so it has the ability then to engage the emotions and either validate the emotion, the feeling, or work it through, talk it through, think about it toward a different conclusion or maybe a more accurate perspective. So make no mistake, your intellect respects and lives together with your emotions, but your intellect collaborates with your emotions. Your intellect almost like gathers information from your emotions and deciphers, you know, what should be cast aside, what should be embraced. So the emotions have amazing insights, but they cannot influence the soul toward a definite and sustained action without the validation of your intellect. So now introducing the emotions and the intellect, let's now introduce you to your will, your willpower. Um, I, I like having fun with this one just a little bit. I, I think the will is a mighty, mighty force of action and determination, um, not just now, but sustainable power. But it's literally standing, waiting for your emotions and your intellect to come to an aligned place, to come to an agreement, to be in unity. Now, in the cases, now, now I want you to think about decisions and actions that you have made in your life. When you are committed to something, to a decision, when you are committed to it emotionally, you're fully committed to it emotionally, and you also agree with it intellectually, what, what happens? Well, what happens is you're often extremely successful in what you do because that third chord gets involved, that third element, your will, and those three things are a mighty force difficult to stop, very difficult to stop. So once that happens, there is no hesitation of the will. There is a line power that gets amazing results. For example, when you hear somebody say, uh, you know what, I'm just conflicted. 
you know, I, I'm just conflicted. Well, what are they saying when they say that? Well, they're revealing a certain fact. They're revealing that their emotions and their intellect um, is still in the back room deliberating. They, they, the jury is still out, right? That, that's what's going on here. Um, they have not come to a consensus. And so literally, you know, the will is sitting there waiting for that to happen. Now, as we all know, all of our decisions in life, we don't have the pedal to the metal in those two categories. We, sometimes we make decisions that are half-hearted, as we say, and, and half-thought-out. And so they come to the will and they say, all right, well, we're going to do it. Let's just do it. it. It seems like, you know, it seems like the best choice of, of the options that we have. And so there you are. You, you go off and you start uh, going after this thing, what, whatever it is. But what happens? What happens when, you're, when your emotions are not fully committed and your intellect is not fully committed? Here's what happens. Your will doesn't have the power it needs to break through obstacles and to sustain long-term difficulties. That's what it is. So I think you can see why this is an important topic because, you know, as coaches and as leaders, it's really good to talk this through with people to make sure that, you know, they're giving themselves to something that they really believe in. Because if they don't, then it's going to be half-hearted and they're going to quit. And then if, if they have a track record of making decisions that way, they're going to have a track record of quitting, you know, all the time. My, my dad used to always say to me, um, the longer term I think, the better decisions I make. And, and I think that's another way of saying that to make the best decisions in your life, uh, sometimes it does take time to make sure that you are fully committed in all of these ways. Well, anyway, let me leave you with this thought. What's fascinating to me about God's creation of the soul is its ability to sometimes move at warp speed, to be completely committed and only seconds to make a decision. Usually it's those fight or flight situations, but nonetheless, right? And it also has the ability to slow down, to take a year or two before making a decision. It can be as slow as a snail if the situation allows. So let's face it. Some souls are in better shape than others. Some souls don't work together. They themselves are divided. And we know what happens to a kingdom that is divided, right? It can't stand. So what I want to encourage you to do is to lean in and think about things like the mind. Think about emotions, intellect, and will. Think about God. Think about the fact that, that God gave you a soul. And you can actually begin to shape that soul, if you will, into shape, to be athletic, uh, to be disciplined. Uh, to be intelligent, to be aligned. And where else can you do that better than start building, if you haven't already, start building a foundation of faith? Just because we are people and leaders of faith doesn't mean that, in no way does it mean that we are simply emotional or we, um, we just take these leaps of faith, as they say, oh, no. No, no, no. Um, the scriptures are something to study in and of themselves. Many things to apply. So I want to encourage you to think about that today. I hope that it helps you. And 
and God bless you as you continue in your life, working in your life, and also working on it. Thank you for listening to the Today Count Show. If you are enjoying that, would you tell a friend? I would sure appreciate it. And please never forget to remember that God is big enough to be small enough to care about you.